Welcome to the Sacred Feminine Power Podcast, where we explore the many facets of feminine power and why it is so important for women and for men to step into this power in our world at this time. This is Emmy from Feminine Revered, and my magical guest for today is Teresa Greco. Teresa is a happiness life coach and the host of a weekly internet TV show called The Steps to Happiness Show with Teresa Greco. She's a three-times best-selling author, an educator, and an educational technologies consultant with a master's degree from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. She's the editor and senior writer at two Canadian lifestyle magazines, as well as a writer for other international magazines. As a coach and Reiki master, she does public speaking, holds workshops, and mentors others about embracing, honoring, loving, and celebrating their true authentic selves and achieving their own personal happiness and fulfillment. Beautiful. Welcome, Teresa. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's a blessing to have you with us today, Teresa, and I'm excited to see where our conversation is going to flow today. Thank you. Yeah. And since my podcast is called Sacred Feminine Power, I'd love to start by asking you, what does Sacred Feminine Power mean to you personally? I believe it's what makes being a woman on this earth as as special and unique as it is that we as women have very um, unique attributes to us that differentiate us from um, men and that more masculine power. And I believe that those qualities have to do with kindness. Uh, compassion, that creativity that, you know, we all have, but our ability to, to create life um, within us, very similar to like how Mother Nature takes care of us and um, is constantly creating new life on earth that we are blessed with that ability as well. Um, and I think it's, you know, I really liken it to, to Mother Earth and, and all that she provides us with, that vitality, that energy, that beauty, that vitality, that color, um, as I said, creativity, um, the ability to, to care and nurture other people um, in this very uh, soft and and, and kind and nurturing way that I think really um, being a woman allows us to emanate that, um, exude that, and and hopefully to feel free to do that in all areas of our lives. Mm, beautiful. And those are really the qualities, that kindness and that nurturance and that caring that are so very needed on our planet at the moment as well. So thank you for sharing about that. I, I was wondering if you could also speak to a challenge that you have faced on your path that's really helped you to activate this power within you. So I'm going to answer that question by sharing my happiness journey uh, with your audience in that as you shared, I am a certified life coach specializing in happiness and spirituality. And my happiness journey began uh, over 10 years ago where my life on the outside looked perfect, that I had achieved all the things that family, culture, religion, society, education told me that I needed to have a happy life, a fulfilling career, 
um, beautiful, healthy family, our own home, vacations a year, cars in the driveway, lots of beautiful material things. So as a woman operating in this world at this time, take, you know, having taken in all, all of those external expectations for how I, how I needed to behave, who I needed to be, what I needed to achieve in order to have, um, you know, a level of success and, and love and respect, um, and acceptance from those around me. Um, I was constantly trying to push myself, trying to um, be the person that I needed to be for others. Um, for me, it was approaching 40. That was the turning point in my life that uh, allowed me to take a step back and, and really evaluate the way that I was living, that I was, like many people, on autopilot, just going through the motions, as I said, listening to all the external expectations for, for who I needed to be, um, and being very unconscious about it. And it was only until I stopped and, and started asking myself some very important questions about my life, um, questions such as, am I happy living the life I'm living? Is this all there is to life? You know, assuming that I had lived half my life at this point, um, could I imagine living the same life for the next 40 years? Am I happy living the life I'm living? Am I living my life's true purpose and full potential? So these were all the questions that I was asking myself. And in the asking of those questions, I recognized that although my life looked perfect, as I said, I had my life checked off all the boxes that um, that I needed to in order to to be happy and fulfilled with my life. And I wasn't. And so that. um that was really, you know, that that awakening for me that, you know, what is go what is going on in my life? How am I showing up every day? And I realized that essentially I had lost myself in the living of my life. And how does somebody get to 40 and not really know who they are? Hmm. Yeah, thank you for sharing about that so openly. And I, I, I really think that there's a lot of listeners out there who can, who can relate to what you're talking about. Um, especially around having built a life that by all standards, so to speak, within the patriarchy that we live, give the indication that it's a good and beautiful life and we should be happy. And what happens when we aren't? So thank you for sharing about that. What, what would you say was the hidden blessing in this challenge now that you're on the other side of it, side of it and, and see it from a bigger picture perspective? So after understanding that I had been living my life according to ex external expectations and searching outside of myself for happiness, that I now understand that the happiness that we're all searching for it is, you know, the number one thing that really unites the entire planet is that at the core of everything that we're doing, we just want to be happy that in the work that I do with my clients, if you drill down to, you know, why do they want the successful career? Why do you want the big home? Why do you want the family? Why do you want the vacation? Why do you want at the base level of it all? We're just searching for happiness and happiness ultimately is not found outside of ourselves but we're conditioned to believe that it is and that a lot of things are outside of ourselves, including the love 
you know, an acceptance and respect that I was looking for um, was also something that I thought was outside, not recognizing that I was love already, that I was happiness already. And so over the over the last 10 years, I've engaged in many different principles and practices that have helped me to um, get to a point where I now, as I said, understand that there is a part of us that is already happy. And that part of us is our spiritual self. Our spiritual self is loving at peace and happy all the time. And that many of us are not connecting with that place inside of us where all of that already exists. Because as I said, we're we're conditioned to believe that it's outside. And that unless we we purchase that right item that, you know, marketing and consumerism tells you that you need, you know, the the best new phone and you need that designer purse and those shoes and the sports car and all those things. And only then will you be happy or until you achieve a level of success in your, in your business, let's say, or in your career, only then will you be happy that you, there's also this element of earning happiness by maybe, you know, again, and achieving certain degrees or job experiences or letters or titles under your name and only then will you be happy or until you find that perfect person or until you get to that location perhaps it's a destination far off in the future and only then will you be happy if there's a whole bunch of thoughts and paradigms around happiness that we've it's really been programmed and conditioned into us into believing that that's where all of that is. But really, it's a matter of taking time to connect to the part of ourselves, as I said, that is already loving, at peace and happy. And we're not taught how to do that. Um, I would say spirituality um, is different than religion, even religion kept um, God outside of me kept spirit outside of me um, that, you know, my priest told me unless I went to church only there, I'd be able to connect with God. Um, as a little kid, I said, oh, if I can't get to church, can I pray to God? Is that okay? No, it's not the same. God is at church. And so even religion to say has kept um, spirituality and that part of ourselves um, away from us. And, you know, same thing with education. It's been edging out, you know, the the universe and spirit um, out of schools, the government, the same thing, that all of this has been thought to be very weird and woo-woo, that for me, that gateway practice that helped me to connect with a part of myself that I was not connecting to was meditation. It was that I believe it's that gateway practice that immediately allows us to go inward instead of looking outward. And um, it was through that practice that I was able to discover the love that I was searching for outside of myself and others, the the peace, the same thing, you know, trying to get away from that, the chaotic world that we live in that's already within us. And then that happiness, as I said, that I was searching for um, outside I was something that uh, I discovered within us. And that is now my message of happiness is to is to have uh, people understand that there's a part of themselves that is always happy. And if we're not feeling happy in our lives, it's because we either have blocks that are preventing us from feeling happy, 
or that we are not making time to connect with that place inside of us, as I said, that is always happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly you're sharing lots of lots and lots of wisdom there. I'm resonating strongly with everything that you're saying. Uh, and you, you started talking about meditation as that gateway towards happiness. And I'm wondering if you could share a little bit more about some of the other building blocks that for you are absolutely vital in terms of leading to happiness within ourselves. Thank you. And so I I see happiness as a two-sided coin. That one side of it, as I said, is there could be blocks that are preventing us from feeling the happiness that's always inside of us to feel. And then the other half of the coin is how much time are we making to connect with it? And how we connect with it is really individual to each of us. But we need to understand that the practices that we may be engaging in are not What's giving us the happiness is that the practices are a vehicle that's helping you to connect with the happiness that's always inside of you to feel. And that this is one is the big differentiating factor in the sense that the pandemic has really highlighted that in the sense that, you know, people lamented and complained about the fact that many let's say practices that gave them happiness they believed the practices were giving them happiness so maybe it was networking events maybe it was parties maybe it was sporting events um, eating out at restaurants hanging out with friends going to concerts lots of different activities were were taken away from us and then the idea was well how am I supposed to be happy if I can't participate in those activities but What those activities are really doing or those practices are doing is that they are just a vehicle that's helping you to connect with the part of yourself that is always happy. And that when you're out at dinner with friends and you're completely there and present and in the moment, you are not thinking about your problems, you are not thinking about what you have to do later, you're, you are completely like mindful and there and appreciating what the present moment is, is offering you. Same thing as that at a sporting event, or maybe it's being out in nature or exercising or drawing or writing or whatever those or cooking, whatever those practices are that when you are completely present, you feel happy in those moments. It's just because that is just connecting you to a part of yourself that is always happy. But many of us are not making time in our schedules because we're working, I don't know, 60 to 80 hours a week, maybe commuting three hours a day to get to to your job. And then you reach the very end of the week and you're like, wow, I'm not happy with my life. No, we're not happy (laughs) with our lives when we're not making any time to connect to that place inside of us that is happy. And so um, that's part of the understanding is to is to know that even when these activities, let's say, have been taken away, that your happiness is not taken away. There is a place within you that is always happy. And it just means that you need to discover other practices that help you to connect with that place. And so the pandemic for me was just that, you know, before I was participating in activities that I that I thought were also giving me happiness, but then when they were taken, uh, taken away, they allowed me to reevaluate those activities and say, well, well, now that I'm not able to do this and that, do I really feel that much more unhappy? And, and the truth was I didn't. 
And so it then all opened up spaces for me to add to my happiness toolkit. And I always tell people that you should know what makes up your happiness toolkit, because it's those things that you turn to when life gets hard. And life every day takes us away from the love, peace and happiness that we are because we're immersed in, in our everyday lives. We're at work, we have to interact with people, we're at home and, you know, and we interact with people there, our children, our partners, and everybody has different things going on. And then the world at large has different things going on that also seem to affect us as well. And so it's important for us to know what's in that kit that we can turn to that can immediately bring us back to who we really are to bring us back to the happiness and, and peace and love that we are. And so the way that we can do that is to really be mindful and aware of how we are living in every moment and saying, this, this activity that I'm participating in right now, how is it making me feel? Is it making me feel happy? And if it does, you add something like that to your toolkit. If you are hanging out with certain people, pay attention again to how do you feel when you're in the presence of those people or after you've left the presence of those people. Ask yourself, do I feel energized in the presence of these people? Or do I feel like they that they're the energy vampires or the happiness vampires that when I leave, I actually end up feeling worse about myself and my life after I've spent time with those people or in certain situations that you don't, you leave feeling worse than you did before you went there. And so it is really about being very mindful of how we're living in every moment, being present and in the now that can help us to evaluate the, as I said, the people um, that we're, we're with, the environments, the activities, everything, all the aspects that make up our life and really asking ourselves, are we happy? Are we, are we feeling good? Are we feeling energized? Are we feeling harmony here? Are we feeling peace here? Are we feeling love here? Are we, there's, you know, we have a whole gamut of positive emotions that we really should be allowing that to guide us. In every moment of our lives, it is that you look at happiness as a compass. And as a compass, happiness is constantly bringing us back to who we really are, back to alignment, to the love, peace, and happiness that's always within us. And that really is the core of who we are. Mm, absolutely, for sure. You, you mentioned the, the pandemic and what we really have seen over the past couple of years is, is this generation of global fear, a very, very systematic generation of global fear. And this obviously has, has wreaked havoc on so many people's minds in terms of sabotaging our ability to feel happiness in many ways. What, what would you say to that in terms of how the mind really works to often sabotage our serenity and why it does that? Well, the mind is really the, is at the core of our emotional self, that if we are not feeling happy, we need to think about um, using the mind to evaluate the thoughts that we're having, and whether those thoughts are ones that are contributing to our happiness, or whether they're contributing to our misery, in that the thoughts that you're having about yourself 
And again, part of my happiness journey was bringing all aspects of yourself in alignment. And so that I'm referring to your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual self. And that when I connected to the love inside of me, in my spiritual self, I then was able to ask myself, am I loving myself in all aspects? And so I then turned to my mental self and said, okay, what kind of what kind of thoughts am I having about myself? Are they limiting? Are they sabotaging me? Are they kind? Are they loving? And I recognized that they weren't. I was actually hating on myself. I was limiting myself thinking that I was always never pretty enough, never skinny enough, never smart enough, never athletic enough, never enough of a lot of different things. And that there's this tape or record player of of thoughts that again, we're many of us living on autopilot, we're on conscious of the thoughts that we have on a day to day basis that, you know, in the 60 to 70,000 thoughts that we have every day, 95% of them are unconscious, which means they're just replaying in our mind. And 80% of those thoughts are negative. So could you imagine that we're we're really on on this autopilot like this computer that's running in the background 80% of of that programming is is negative and that we're there going around looking for all the things that are not going well in our life all the things that are not going well in the world and just talking about them and that's just replaying 95% day after day and and it's only until do we be, that we stop and become conscious of what is going on in our mind can we take steps to actually correct that and we know that with with the science around neuroplasticity that that is absolutely possible i've had you know someone say to me well you know now i'm i'm 60 years old or or my husband's 60 years old they're never going to change no that's not actually true that we know that we do have, that our bodies and our brains have the ability to create new neural pathways with thoughts that actually serve us but we can't do that until we become consciously aware of that computer programming that's running, that's really running our lives, and then making changes to it. So every time a negative thought pops into my mind, when I look into the mirror, when I try something on, when I put a piece of food in my mouth, I have to stop. I literally say stop. And I replace that thought with one that serves me instead. And I say, no, that is not true. What I've just said about myself, you know, whatever it is, we all have things that we say to ourselves that are not really true. But we've been, as I said, saying them to ourselves our entire lives, that they're beliefs that in those and again, beliefs are just thoughts that we've had over and over again, that become the belief systems that we live by. And those can be changed. A thought doesn't matter what it is, positive or negative. You know, Louise Hay always said this, a, does, a negative thought is just a thought and a thought can be changed, but it can only be changed until we become aware. So it is, it's so important. So thank you for asking that because <laughs> it is very important to how we live every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you've explained that really beautifully. And, and it really is incredible how much of our thoughts and our thinking patterns are subconscious and how much of it is actually negative mind chatter. 
So thank you for for shedding light to that as well. Um, now, Teresa, if if our listeners wanted to find out more about you and your work, what would be the easiest place to go to? Thank you. Well, they can check out my website, which is TeresaGreco.ca. You can also catch me on social media, very active on Instagram. It's TeresaGreco underscore steps to happiness. There's also Facebook as well, where you can find me at Steps to Happiness with Teresa Greco. And I also have my internet TV show, as you mentioned. It's called The Steps to Happiness Show with Teresa Greco. And that you can find on YouTube. You can also find it on uh, soulivity.com. Soulivity. Um, and when you go on to soulivity.com, you just click on Soulivity TV and my show appears there as well. And on the show, we talk about the different ways that we can connect with and nurture all aspects of ourselves, our physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual self. And I have different guests on there. Um, you're, you know, you're going to be a guest um, on the next season as well, where we talk about um, how do we do that? How do we uh, connect and nurture all aspects of ourselves to, to really live the lives that we came here to live um, and to live the happy life that we came here to live. Mm, beautiful. Thank you for that. And I am so looking forward to being on your show as well. That's going to be fun. Now, Teresa, I know that you've also got a gift for our listeners. Would you like to share a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So I'm I'm offering or inviting people to grab a copy of one of my um, best-selling co-authored books, which is called The Decision to Heal Pathways from Suffering to Love. And it was a book that I wrote with, um, there's six of us. So all of us are coaches. And, you know, very similar to me, we've all had different experiences um, and challenges in our lives. And the challenges really because there's six of us has been amazing. It's, it's, it's a broad range of challenges from depression, eating disorders, um, autism, um, my happiness journey, um, imposter syndrome, like on and on and on. And so um, what's wonderful is that the all of us as coaches have worked through those challenges and each of our chapters uh, talk about that. So um I'm inviting people uh, to grab a, an ebook copy of um, of the novel and enjoy mm. that. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. It sounds like it really is like a treasure trove of of really potent, beautiful stories mm. to dig our teeth into. So mm. thank you yeah. for that. Yeah. Teresa, is there anything else that's really arising for you right now that you would still like to speak to and share with our listeners? I know one of the questions you asked was, you know, what are, in addition to meditation, what are some of those practices that can help us to connect? And, you know, I went into talking about the toolkit, um, you know, which is really individual for everybody, but some, I'm just going to probably leave you with my top five practices that can help you to connect. And so that first one is meditation. Um, the second one is self-love. And so I kind of talked about that as well is that ensuring that you are loving all aspects of yourself your your mental emotional physical and spiritual self and and you know there are different practices within each of those areas that can help us to to, to really um take care and love ourselves the, the way that we need to 
Uh, another practice is gratitude. Gratitude is directly correlated with happiness. You know, research has, has shown that and that it is gratitude and appreciation has a an, an energy and a vibration to it, a frequency to it that is really as high as love. And as soon as you can start to practice that by looking for all the small things that are going right in your life, you know, as I said, 80% of our thoughts are negative. So if we can, if we can even minimize that a little bit by focusing on all the good things that are going well in our lives, um, I, you know, that immediate gratitude, it starts the moment I open and have another day to live. And that, and then it just goes on and on from there. The toothpaste that I have to brush my teeth with, the clean water I have to wash my face and bathe in, the coffee that I get to make as soon as I go into the kitchen that tastes so good. And so it's just on and on and on. And so uh, gratitude is definitely one of those practices that can immediately, um, can you know, take you from that moment of anger, frustration, or anxiety, and, and just bring you quickly back into alignment. Um, optimism, you know, kind of tied into that as well, just being, um, you know, having, being positive with your thoughts. Um, being aware of the people that you're um, hanging out with as well. So, you know, being aware of any barriers perhaps that you need to um, create between you and those happiness vampires. Um, mind, and that ties into the mindfulness aspect that we need to be present and in the now. So those are the last two. Mindfulness is really living every moment appreciating and being grateful for what life is offering you. Um, and so we're not distracted with our phones, not distracted on our computers and, and TV, that we are really paying attention to how we feel in every moment and, and appreciating, appreciating that. So yes, those I would say are the, are really the top ones. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yes, super, super important, every single one of them. Thank you. Thank you for sharing all of that with us and, and for sharing so much wisdom, really, really key, vital wisdom that we need to, to not just to survive, but to really thrive in life and not thrive from a materialistic sense, but thrive from a centered, authentic, happy, as you keep saying, happy perspective. So thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. And it is really about living authentically that, you know, going just kind of full circle with how we started this discussion is that I wasn't showing up as my true authentic self and that feeling of something missing. And that void in my life was really um, tied to that, that I wasn't living authentically. And I think that means embracing our feminine power for women or, or, um, and how we're having a balance too between the feminine and masculine powers that, you know, I am just stepping more and more into that. And when we live authentically, instead of wearing masks and trying to live up to external expectations, we can be free to have just express those qualities that we have instead of having to feel like we have to repress them because our workplace doesn't value it or in order for us to be you know as a, a successful woman in corporate america we can't you know people will walk all over us if we're embracing some of those qualities that are are 
inherent and natural to us. And it's unfortunate that if we're in places where we feel like we have to repress those aspects of ourselves, um, that's not, that's not, it's not cool. (laughs) It's definitely Mm. not cool. But it's also not going to lead us to to living the happy life that we came here to live. So, uh, yes, authenticity. It's really about yeah, living authentically. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that as well. Really, really appreciate you, Teresa, and everything that you do and all that you are and are becoming on your own journey towards happiness and living as authentically as you as you can so thank you again for coming onto the show and for sharing all this with us thank you so much for having me i appreciate it very much Mm, beautiful now everybody just for a moment let's focus our intention on this beautiful energy that's been activated and imagine sending it to everybody and everything on our planet to remember that we are all one And that the more of us have the courage to step into our sacred feminine power, the more quickly our planet will also heal and ascend. Thanks so much for listening.